Hello, my friends, and very, very special occasion, Damien. Timothy, welcome to welcome to the podcast, the um, tomorrow award-winning podcast. <laughs> Tomorrow's award-winning. It is an absolute pleasure <laughs> to be here. I was going to say it's about time, but um, <laughs> it's probably about time, right? Oh, absolutely. Well and truly about time. And for those who um, didn't pick up in the intro, Damien is both a very, very close friend and a partner here at Philodomo Global and in obviously extended our um, and backable. And we got him on today because oh, we're going to talk about a subject that for many, many years has, I guess, not quite sat with me the way in which it would have sat with Damien, which is the value of brand, where brand sits in with SMEs and frankly, just to give everyone the idea of where I began with, I don't like getting business cards in the first 12 months because it forces people to <laughs> to express themselves without falling back on any of these silly tools. Now, my ignorance has been changed over the past few years since knowing Damien and understanding the value of brand when you start to build something. So, Damien... Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And I'm glad that we could steadily change your mind over these years, Timothy. <laughs> no, it's, it's my ignorance is now well understood. But I think from a, a point of view of what we should be talking about is really, you know, in our wheelhouse at the moment, which is, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in a lot of businesses where we're putting in a lot of performance initiatives, we're growing companies and, and brand becomes a, a hot topic for all of them at some point of view because generally when a strategy starts to lose some momentum, it's probably hit a brand touch point that's not resonating with where the company's going. Yeah. So, I was, hope, I was hoping today that we might be able to just help those who own businesses, own SMEs or are starting to evolve their brand or a bit like me which is what the hell is brand? Is that just a graphic designer trying to take my money type thing? But I want to start and maybe talk through some of the things that aren't considered um, or aren't considered by a lot of SMEs because they've just never been exposed to it. And, you know, you've worked on a, not a global level yeah, in brand and a career of design, which you guys can all hit Damien up on LinkedIn if you want to know his full credentials. But can we talk a little bit maybe around where, where do you start as an SME from a brand point of view. Could you, could you take us back to kindergarten a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's, um, it's brand is one of those words that gets, that gets thrown about a lot, um, but, but it really is, it, it's effectively just a culmination of, of all of the touch points of your business that people interact with in any way, shape or form. So it is a, it is a big word and it can mean kind of, lots of different things but the simplest way that I like to think about the brand is if somebody interacts with your business in some way shape or form they'll largely interact with your brand or a touch point of your brand so a logo for example is just one aspect of your brand it's, a, it's one visual representation of your brand um, but if you really to kind of extend that the way that you talk the way that you hold yourself you know, your tone of voice, your websites, you know, radio ads, you know, any kind of interaction that you have, you're representing the brand of your business. So it, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a bigger word and the easiest way to summarize it is it's a collection of all the touch points and how they represent your business and what your business stands for. 
that's that, that's so, kind of how I, I I summarized it anyway. So it's more than a logo and a business. Game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were to, <laughs> last time you walked into like an Apple store or something along those lines, the way that it's laid out, the fact that they're all wearing you know the blue t-shirts, if they're still wearing the blue t-shirts, it's been a while. Yeah. I went into an Apple store. But, you know, the language, it's the time that it takes you for somebody to approach you and ask you if you're okay. It's the, it's every single interaction that makes you feel safe and secure and that you're, you're surrounded by smart people. It's all of those things have been carefully considered and planned and designed to create a brand experience. So there's nothing so visual about that. It's actually just about the experience of it, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, and not only makes sense. I mean, it's a, I guess, a real insight, which is for for a lot of SMEs, they probably associate brand and developing brand with big companies. But what you're talking about there is that experience. So if I own a, you know, let's let's give a real Australian is, and I'm feeling patriotic today for some reason. If we owned a fish and chip shop, I mean, there's an experience when you walk in there uh, from every single touch point. Whereas I think most. Um, SMEs just don't even consider that as part of how does it feel when I walk into this fish and chip shop? Spot on, spot on. And, and, and when you're in things like hospitality, it's, it's actually it's critical because it comes into your brand, your customer experience is a part of your brand. So because it's yep. one of the touch points, the spatial design and the flow of it, if, it, if it's crowded, you know, if it's spacious, if it's clean, you know, if it's dark, um, as soon as you walk in, if you get a Hey Tim, good to see you. Things like that. These yeah. are all brand touch points. So, but they but they're considered they're part of the actual design of that business. So, to take that into a real tangible output, it would be that every staff member, you know, is has to has to love the engagement with the customers to a point where they want to know the regulars and they want to know what their name is and what they order. Mm. So that the second they walk in there, they can say hi. They can say, "Hey, do you want the usual?" Uh, and that and that is a that is a brand touch point that makes you feel loyalty, or makes you feel like you want to go back to that that place. So, hospitality is a great example because it's actually it's a perfect and very very important to the business model. It's a really it's very interesting that you you say that because I think a lot of um, businesses ignore why something feels good, and I guess maybe I was I can be you know many years ago ignorant to that or sorry wasn't focused on why that feels good it was just a natural thing now a lot of us have natural tendencies that generally make the businesses feel good so you don't think it's an actual curated thing where you go into other businesses where they spend so much time behind the scenes curating why it always feels good Uh, do you think a lot of SMEs miss that that this is actually something you have to work at not just the branding the actual Brand feel. Well, I, I, this is the thing. I think it's I, it all actually whether you whether you do it by design or whether you actually just do it naturally. You know, a lot of a lot of SMEs, for example, they do it naturally. Like they have, they'll do it in some way, right? Whether, rather than the design yeah. process thing comes later. But it's about if you want to say grow your business and if you want that business to have say more people or more touch points or you want to open a second office or a second site then you want to be able to capture everything that makes that brand unique. And so you're actually, you may actually already be doing it, but you're just not sure what it is that you're actually doing or you haven't defined what it is that you're doing. So you can then use that to then grow your business or go to the next step in your business. 
So a lot of the decisions that you make day to day in your business are actually, they come from like your core values. They'll come from who you are as the business owner. And this is the business that I want to create. But you haven't gone through the process of actually saying, yeah, but what actually is that? And if I had to replicate it, how would I replicate it? You know? So, so a lot yeah. of the time it's a, it's there. It's absolutely there. It's just not defined in any way. That's interesting. I mean, we've recently gone through a branding process, which um, which was a extraordinary, enjoyable process for us. And I, I think in somewhat because also I was happy that you're on our team. <laughs> I could get translated what the hell was going on and what does it mean because there was an education around that. But where my experience from that branding process is really understanding once you understand the things that work for your brand, where you fit and why you fit, it actually becomes a very, very great decision-making filter yeah. across the whole organization, which is something I hadn't considered um, up until doing it professionally, which is we obviously went out and, and got it done professionally with a branding agency that we have a strong relationship with, which we'll, we will interview at some time on here because they're, they're brilliant and um, also very interesting. But maybe can we talk a bit into that and our process, Damien, which is using the brand as that decision-making touch point because to me that's changed a lot of the way in which we operate. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is the thing. I think even, you know, we were at the, we were at the start of this, our brand. Like we were there right at the start. Yeah. And everything that we grew and every decision that we made, we knew we had a very clear vision. You know, we, knew, we know where we want to take this business and we know what yeah. the end goal is and we're, we're absolutely dogged and passionate about it. Obviously, it's kind of what we do. Yeah. But not having articulated it to a point where it was, we could see how it would actually impact the decisions that we made day to day. And I think that's what that branding process and having the agency that we had in our, you know, to, to, to partner with, to be able to take all that and objectively show us, put a mirror to ourselves. And that's the hard part about this process. To, be, to do it yourself is one thing, but to have somebody else sort of articulate it back to you <laughs> and say, hey, here's the mirror and this is kind of what it looks like. Yeah. And there's this awareness which is just like, yeah, that's it. That, those are the decisions that I make and that's absolutely spot on. That's that's me in a, in a nutshell and this is that, mm. that's the actual business that we want to create. But getting getting back to the sort of decision-making criteria, that is the, that's the core values aspect of it and you, a lot of people may have heard the term core values or just values in general. Yeah. But they they are the kind of some of the building blocks of the brand. So they, that's where people start. And the negative aspect of them, you might you remember them from you know, the corporate 1990s, where everybody had brand values printed on their yeah. you know, the reception desk at work, and these are our things: trust, honesty, and all that kind of stuff. But and that's not the inspirational post. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sympathy, you know. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> but um. The core value, they're kind of a, a less is more. We we use a very much a less is more sort of sort of approach to core values. They they should just be those those driving things that you believe in more than anything else, and that you use them as filters. You use them as decision making criteria. So the best example I use a lot is when somebody new comes into your business. You can apply those core values to that to that person, and you use them as a filter. So you're going through the interview process, and you and you kind of sense checking whether or not that person fits. And, and what what the fit is, is actually based on those values. It's actually based on if you gel with them straight away, it's usually that they align, you both have common values and that you align. But if they don't, if there's something about them, you'll be sitting in an interview and you're like, yeah, it's not quite, it's not quite gelling. 
That's because there's a fundamental shift against your core values, or something's not 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 lining up. And then, so that's a that's a good example of those core values in practice as a decision-making mm. criteria or a filter for your business. Now, if you haven't articulated them before, you won't know why. Call it a gut feel. That's pretty yep. shit. It'll just be a gut feel. It's like, yeah, nothing's not quite sitting with me. But if you actually go through the process of articulating what they are, that's a pretty powerful thing to know because then you can use that to make every decision in your business moving forward and you know that you'll be on the right, on the right track. It, it, that's really. I mean, it's very interesting. I think there's that. I mean, it's it's chalk and cheese, really. I mean, and this is, and I'm using myself as an example again, which is understanding the real impact at a point. And and I think to be fair to SMEs, there is a point where it becomes more and more um, crucial to everything. So for us, I think it became very crucial because we were in a really nice growth phase, and we got to. And maybe I'll jump back to what you were saying, which is, I'd never considered that it's not just about clients and sales but it's about attracting the right people and people have to buy into your brand so we're a we're a people centric business and you know we we're, we're trying to you know the core of our businesses are, are people coming from big consultancies they've got great track records and all that how do you pull someone out of established tier 1 businesses to want to work for a smaller company if you don't really stand or for something or be able to articulate what you stand for. And, and when we got to that recruiting process where we're recruiting every couple of weeks, you know, we're, we're getting onto that sort of level up, up until COVID um, and now it's getting faster. But uh, understanding that, I mean, to me, that was a real eye-opener and a real I, – I hadn't considered how that can slow your business down yeah. whereas I looked at it initially as it's an investment, yeah, it's fine – we put a we put a bit of money into it. It was fine, but really, the real cost of not getting it right is when you start to get on a run, not having an established brand or being able to articulate it or being able to get it. You're going to attract the wrong people too. Absolutely, yeah. Which screws you. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, that, and that's the thing. I mean, it actually should. It's an in, the process is an investment, or the actual decision to go through it is, is an investment, but. Obviously, it actually it impacts every part of your business. So every interaction, you know, every, every it, like people who actually firstly discover you, you know, it just makes your value proposition that much easier to articulate. Which is something we do a lot of the time with our clients. Anyway, then you need to have a really strong understanding of who you are, what you stand for, who your ideal customers are. All of these things, it's all part of you know building out your your broader brand, how you actually talk, what your tone of voice is. So you can imagine a brand that doesn't have a, an idea of their own tone of voice, how they sound or what their personality is. And you put a job ad out there and it's probably going to look like, you know, 90% of the job yeah. out there. Is, hey, <laughs> cut, cut and paste yeah, another exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> have you got a job ad that I can copy and paste and change yeah. the title as yeah. you go? Yeah. Whereas a job totally. ad that's written with a really unique tone of voice. As soon as you read it and you're, you're just looking and you go, that's a business that I want to work at. Like they get it. They get me. They get themselves, you know. They understand it. Yeah, I'm excited by that, and that's the sort of company that I want that I want to work for. So that's a really it's a really tangible example of how you know writing good copy, having a really good clear personality that aligns with your business and a good tone of voice. You can put that into a, a touch point like a job ad, and yeah, it's going to improve the process tenfold just because you've gone through that process beforehand. Yeah, and I think um, when you start to become more aware of it, like anything in life, 
it starts to become so bleeding obvious of why it's important. And I, and I find that I, I'm, I get my own frustrations now with a lot of our public-facing yeah. um, touch points because totally. now I know they're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was, who cares? Get it out there, do it. But then you realize, no, no, this can actually affect yeah. – it, it has an impact. It, it, if losing the consistency is like breaking your word with someone. So right, so right now, for example, websites – more relevant than yep. ever, like at the moment, you know, touch points, you know, face-to-face touch points where your brand may have really relied on a face-to-face interaction because personality was a big part of your brand or the interaction was a big yep. part of your brand. Your website really has to do a lot of the heavy lifting now because they may not actually get a chance to interact with people face-to-face. Absolutely. So every decision that you make about your website, your art direction, your photography. If you if you interact with a website and then suddenly you just there's something about it, it just looks really American, you know, for example. Yep. Something about that, and then straight away it's gonna be a you're gonna have less of a chance to really attract people straight away. They're not gonna understand they're still gonna have to do a little bit more digging, you know, to to uncover the truth about you and they're gonna want to do, have to want to do that. <laughs> Now just as a just as a quick one for our listeners and fastest growing market in America right now. That's not a negative looking American. Only in Australia where it's that tone of voice change is we're a less aggressive sales culture here. So what works really well in America is is great, but if we as soon as we transpose it here there's something that doesn't feel culturally appropriate not in any other way than it just feels it different. Feels exactly right. That's it. So all of those things that perfect examples of the decisions that you make and how they best represent your brand. People, we know, like particularly the Australian consumer, like Australian market, we've got a very clear, um, what's the word? Bullshit radar. So like an yeah. analogy. Yeah, no, like absolutely. We pick up mistrust from a brand perspective. And even right now, like right, right now, businesses or brands then aren't, you know, being honest and transparent you're doing yourself a big disservice right now. People are going to pick up on that sort of stuff really, really quickly. You're so right and I think when people don't understand it, like particularly now in the period where a lot of people have been in isolation and have needed, I guess, um, some reprieve on contracts. So you've seen it a lot with landlords and and leasees. You've seen it a lot with people in commercial contracts that can't operate the same way. I mean, I've got one with my gym membership. Yeah. And and you – you see how some people, um, they've got brand values and they've got a brand voice and they've got to a point and it's, it's like the old saying, um, you, you can, you're only loyal when you're tested, not because you say you are. Yeah. And you only are your brand when the brand values are tested. So, you know, we've had a couple of friends who have texted me things from their gym, for instance. Mine's been good but they, they've sent them things which is, their whole focus of this has been how to upsell clients as opposed to how can we make this easier because you can't come into the gym. Yeah. And and they're going to lose hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients. And I, I'm not gym bashing here I'm, uh, because they've obviously got a problem. They've probably got three or 400 staff around the country that they're trying to keep their job. So they're trying to get cash in to help them. So you can understand that. But from a customer touch point, it just looks like, hey, in your time of need, how can I lock you into another contract or make sure you're paying? Kill the brand. Exactly. But interestingly enough, say six months ago, that would have been widely accepted. That would have been fine because they would have they – Absolutely. Yeah, so personal would have been a really important yeah. thing for them, having a personal touch point or like just a functional and personal 
hey, here's some more things. People would have actually responded yeah. to that saying, oh, that's amazing. See how, how, you know, they're going direct to me and it's a personal touch point and that's really, really important and that's kind of what I value. But right now, integrity is actually yeah. is the highest thing that we hold <laughs> in regard. So, it, so where it was personal and they're not letting go of the personal, they're still doing it. Now, yeah. the consumers and, and a lot of us respond more to in brands that are being, you know, that have integrity rather than kind of personal. So it's something that you, a brand is similarly, you've always got to, it, those core values and all those sorts of things, you have to abide by them. And if you do anything that kind of, you know, misaligns or goes against your own values, then you're going to be in trouble, you know? So there's, I, th- I think it's an interesting time because I think what, Generally, what kinds of brands people respond to, I think that's going to change. Like we've seen a history of things like um, B Corps and responsible brands, you know, and, and uh, mm. you know that kind of those sorts of things, which is a uh, purpose over profit type brands. Yeah, and the rise of those kinds of those kinds of things, I think that's going to become that may be the new norm moving forward. That people are going to have that 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 radar of integrity. I don't think that's going to go away now after this. I think there's always going to be people that um, now respond to brands that make positive contributions to society mm. rather than, you know, lining, lining their pockets. I think, I think that'll always now be on the cards in some way, shape or form for people. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a great um, outcome of, of this uh global amazing pandemic imagine that i mean because we you know you've you've been involved with b corps before and you know the accreditation here for i think is b corp a global accreditation or is it just australia global yeah absolutely excuse my ignorance with it but um there's a lot of those things that actually are getting a lot of traction at the moment and i think particularly from observations over the last couple of months you see people who see brand as a superficial, a way of making ourselves look pretty to sell more and those that actually are living a core value. And I think that's been a, for me, a, a blinding, <laughs> uh, just the, the transparency now between people who are full of it yeah. and that have been caught out. And, you know, it's just, it's quite amazing because they're going to, I mean, it's a death nail put into their businesses. They just don't know it yet. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And the thing is, I mean, that would happen any at any time. As soon as you did something that was yeah. kind of counter to your brand, people would start to pick up on it. It's just that totally. like, it's just in an environment like now where it's it's probably heightened. You know, we're all you know we've actually as consumers we've all globally got something in common now. So it's, it should be easier than ever for businesses to understand their audience and their audience's needs because we're all pretty much in the same boat, right? So it, I think now's an exciting time for brands and SMEs because it should be now's the time really to be able to get a good understanding of your audience and good understanding of what what your brand can do to kind of you know to connect with them better. I t- couldn't agree more. Well, maybe we use that as a bit of a segue to, you know, for, for those SMEs that are out there that have, you know, probably have an established business now where they're starting to consider brand and this is probably where I was a few years ago because I need to be convinced of why this investment's an investment. Now, I don't need to be convinced at all. In fact, I'm trying to free up every single dollar we can to invest more into established brand. But what do you think the common mistakes are for SMEs around we're starting out to I guess to take brand seriously or establish a brand, is there anything that you you see and go, mm, that's a real mistake. That's not where you want to begin. Yeah, I mean, the the number the number one thing. It's easy to kind of 
talk about um, it's easy to talk about things like say templates and cookie cutter brands, yep. those sorts of things. So get a logo, whack it on there. Get a get a templated website, whack it on there. Throw some photography yep. in there, and bang, I've got a I've got a brand, and, and then off I go. Um, and that I could, you could easily say, oh, that's not the way to do it. But to be honest, a lot of the time, that's the only option that people have, right? There's not a lot of spend. Yep. You know, we're talking about small business. So, and you've got to get, and you've got to start. You have to start. So just start. Uh, and there's always an opportunity to kind of evolve it and build it and those sorts of things. Do, um, do you think people are reluctant to start because of that? Because they look at it as an expensive thing? Yeah, is that yeah. is that what you're saying that really you can start without spending a fortune? Without, yeah, without a doubt. There's always, there's always a way to start. And whether that is, you know, it's never, you know, go to your cousin's nephew's, you know, uncle kind of thing and, and, <laughs> and get some help or just, you know, just reach out to your network and fine. You know, reach out to your local Flotimo consultant and they'll, they'll you know, connect you up with whoever you need to be. But there's always op- opportunities to start. There's, there's ways to start at a, at a low end and then kind of build based on what you need to do. Yeah. Getting back to, the, I guess, the, the, the some of the bigger problems, uh, I guess a lot of the barriers, a lot of the time there's a combination. While we talk about our core values being about you and there's this almost identity crisis and every time we go through that process of kind of core values, this is like identity crisis of are we talking about me or are we talking about business? And at the end of the day, it's yep. the same thing when you're talking about an SME. It's usually an owner who's built it, you know, on yep. their own beliefs and they're deciding to kind of do something. So at the start, it's, it's all, it's all the same thing. You can, you can really separate it. We're trying to build a business, which is a separate entity, but it comes from somewhere. It comes from an origin story. It comes from the, the sure. you know, the truth, that kind of stuff. However, where a lot of people kind of start to, where I find the most important thing is actually knowing your audience and knowing what they care about and knowing what their needs are and knowing what they want or need from your business, yep. from your brand. Rather than articulating yourself or what you like or what you want to sound like, understanding your audience and then how to actually speak to resonate with them, that's probably one of the things that the branding process is actually quite good for or is actually um has most effect in that it actually helps you. You need to articulate your audience. You don't have a choice but not figure out who they are and then how you actually speak to them with authenticity so that you have the best chance of connecting to them. So that's probably the that's sure. probably one of the most important things, I would say. It's so true. I mean, with a lot of with a lot of those touch points and a lot of those things that people don't consider the mistake is really though is not I guess giving it enough um, value is what we're talking about there. If you don't value it at all or don't understand how it works for your business, there's probably more an ignorance around what we spoke about earlier which is what is branding mm. versus yeah. okay, where where is where is it key for me right now? Well, let's get past the logo and the pretty colors and, and touch points like that but where are my real touch points that exactly. I, I can have effect because I, I mean a, a really nice byproduct that I found since starting to I guess um, value the brand building process is I didn't realize the reluctance of clients to refer unless they're proud of the person they're working yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. And it, that was a very interesting because that's a money generating thing which you know I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's it. I mean, the, the, think, think about it. if you, for example, th- use any example, like any example in business, like use a trade, for example. Just like oh, I've got a guy, you know, definitely, I've got a, you know, call 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 anybody. I've got a Sparky, and he's he's a great guy. Now, if that person turns up 
on time, they make a call beforehand, they're sharp, you know, they give you a concise quote, they follow up that quote really quickly, they do the job, you know, earlier, they, they basically can clean up after themselves, you know, they give you absolutely everything, they're completely transparent about the process and you have an amazing kind of brand experience. Like that's, you know, that's a, that's a referral that's just going to keep on giving. Right, but every single one of it's not difficult in trade, is there? If you just you get those touch points, it's not. (laughs) You get to differentiate yourself from a brand experience, is it? Like we've we've seen it time time again with a lot of our trades and a lot of our clients. It's really not hard to differentiate yourself from a brand experience, but you just put those things in place, and that's just that's just a no-brainer. But if you've got somebody like that that you can refer to, you're more you're more likely to refer that person again and again and again and again, right? Yeah. I am, um, yeah. I, th- I think that's uh, interesting. For particularly smaller companies that are, are starting out, I think they also underestimate that a lot of the time their brand initially is a reflection of their personal values and what they're doing. Obviously, with a lot of people starting businesses, technicians, yeah, that they're they're doing that. So their personal brand is probably your first touch point before you get into a. Um, I guess a structured way of building your company brand. And I think maybe we should touch on personal brand because we we laugh when we go to networking events or we've been to them and you see the people who understand brand. They may still be running a company that's growing and things like that but they understand the value of consistency around their personal brand as the first touch point of their company's brand. I just think that maybe it's worth talking a little bit to that because there'd be a lot of people out there that really go, it's just me or it's just me and a couple of people or they're early on or they're starting to, um, you know, they've got a bigger business so they're back out there networking because their business is being taken care of by operational people. But actually understanding your personal brand and reflecting that if you don't have that authenticity or you're not putting effort into your personal brand, um, it's almost connected now because we're the social media channels the you know it, it's too transparent to have an incongruency absolutely yeah and i think that's where um the inconsistency like you should use the word consistency and i think that's probably probably the most most important thing having a having a defined set of values or having a defined um you know, persona of who you are, effectively. Like, these are the things that I actually stand for. And it's when you define it, it's it's the concentration process. It's like I've said all of these things and then you, you bring it down into one sort of defined thing. And if you leave that, it's it's not, you know, generalist. It's actually, no, 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 I stand, I stand for this thing. It's like a value proposition for, you know, through the sales process or something along those lines. But you yeah. can really, you know, you call it your elevator pitch, you know, to use yeah. common language. When you can get it down to something that's really clearly sort of defined, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, you know, this is my why or yeah. whatever you want to do. That's a really, really powerful thing, you know. I, I, I knew, a, um, I knew a, a gentleman who was uh, used to run a you know, global branding you know, agency for sort of 30, 35 years. And he's, he used to wear the most outlandish suits that you'd ever seen. So he'd do a, he'd do a talk or a conference or those sorts of things. And then he would just wear these just amount, these crazy, crazy outlandish three piece suits. You know, the sort of fabric that you'd see on your, on your grandmother's sofa rather than actually on a suit, those sorts of things. But it was, very, it was part of his brand. It was part of his personal brand, you know, and he wasn't an outlandish kind of character. But as soon as you, there was this, really nice conflict of 
of who he was as far as the gentleman goes and then what he looked like and how he dressed. And it was, I spoke to him about it one day and he said it was just, he would finish these conferences, he'd finish this conversation and then he'd walk into the crowd and he'd be mingling around the crowd. People could see him from literally a kilometre away, you know, just by the way he was dressed. And it just enabled right. him to break yeah. down barriers. It just enabled him to, to have something to kind of talk about and enabled him to basically just have easier, easier conversations. It was his brand. It was his personal brand. It was something that he'd created and he'd worked on over time until it became authentic yeah. to him and it was part of his story. I think those stories, I mean, they're, they're incredible from a point of view of, the way people think and the way that they get their craft. I mean, a lot of people listening would probably go, yeah, I could wear a suit and go, yeah, but that's that's not the bit that made it authentic. The bit that made it authentic was that was a touch point of his whole persona and, and it's if you and I went and wore an outlandish suit, we'd just look like, frankly, dickheads <laughs> because – no, because they'd meet us and they'd realise that doesn't match for – there'd be an inauthent- inauthentic – uh, feeling around that, yeah, totally, absolutely, and and that's the thing. And then we talked before about the Australian consumer or the Australian audience. So we've got a high, <laughs> we've got a, we've got a threshold for that. Like we can see it. We don't, you know, we'll call bullshit with really quickly. So that's the thing. Authenticity is key. You've got to, you have to just be you, and you're better off just being you in whatever way, shape, or form that looks like. Authenticity is the most important thing, right? Particularly right now, we, we talk about integrity at the moment, but. Authenticity and integrity, either in your personal brand or your business's brand, that's it, like above everything else. Totally. I, it just made me trigger. We, we had a client once that was in um, skincare and I remember for a few years they were under-resourced because they they were they were working out the basically a back alley and but they were if not one of the premier skin people in our city and celebrities knew about them, high net worth individuals knew about them, but they basically worked in this dungeon because that was they they just didn't I guess invest in brand at all. That wasn't a priority for them. They were a craft. They were into their craft and they were doing it really well. And it was funny that where where the trigger for them was was they were sick of everyone referring to them like you should go there, but ignore everything. They're really good. And ignore the feeling, ignore the systems, ignore the way that it's not run properly, ignore the touch points. And you get away with that when you're awesome because you'll get away with it for so long. But as soon as you can't differentiate how awesome you are, you need to reflect the quality you are in the brand touch points because they obviously then moved and invested in brand and moved into a different premises and everything came together and obviously the business you know triples quadruples because <laughs> you know people are referring more they're proud of going there they're not scared about being mugged on the way to their <laughs> their sessions but i think that's a really interesting point for a lot of SMEs that i guess a, a common thing we hear Damien is uh, they're getting ripped off by that person because you know they've got to pay for big offices and their brand and they do all this stuff but what the SMEs don't get it is it's because they belong in that caliber of business yeah. people like to do businesses with other people that respect the same things as them exactly. and you can't like it's hard to trust an SME because they're inconsistent a brand creates a consistency around everything you do which makes better businesses want to deal with you it makes people feel safe it makes it makes you feel yeah it makes you feel like there's something that's in control you know, it may, if you, and if you have the same brand experience, you know, whether it's an office in Sydney or an office in Spain or, or an office, you know, somewhere else, 
and there is a similar, you know, touch point or similar totem or a similar greeting or a similar feel. And you can't quite put your finger on it, but there's something about it. It's because there's literally a hundred different touch points that have been brought together and considered yeah. to make it feel the same way, to make you feel comfortable or make you feel like you're getting the same consistency of service. And so bring that back down to trust or integrity or whatever, you know, whatever the kind of the core of it is. But that's, that's the goal. That's actually, that's actually what it's for. It's actually, that's by design, you know. And the, the yeah. interesting thing, like what you talked about, there's a lot of examples. And this is, this is what I love about it because there's a, there's, you, can, you can really easily find Brand is about, you know, expressing your true self effectively, you know, and, and, and trying to align that into the market, to your, to your audience in the best way you can. And so you can really find this white space or this clear space in a market. And the, the, your example that you kind of talked about where it could be, you know, skincare product or, you know, but through like a back alley sort of operation, yeah. you can have almost a, you know, grassroots and premium you know, they don't need to yep. be, even though they, you know, you might consider them opposite ends of the spectrum. You can be both. You can be both at the same time. And it creates this wonderful conflict in the brand, but it's really unique. Like it's a way of actually using that conflict and making yourself sure. so unique in a marketplace, you know. Yeah. You need to be able to articulate that difference, you know. You can imagine you're just a, a back alley chop shop, but it's actually the best in the world. You know, and there's a lot, yeah, totally, lots of examples of, of, of that where it's just kind of like you know, here's the hidden secret. You know, you go down the alleyway and you hop over the bin and you walk around the bin <laughs> and you go down here, and then once you go through and you go, where are you taking me? When you get in there, you open the door, and there's this just this amazing curated experience. You know, so Do you know what you're so right, you're so right. Reflecting on that, I think half the people enjoyed the experience totally. of it being a such why. a high-end service and such a low-end. There's a reason why it works. You're so right. Yeah. You're so and right. That's, and that's the cool yeah. thing about that conflict. It is you can be both. It's actually okay mm. to be both. Um, and it's actually okay to evolve as well. But you can actually find really true clear space by, by, by embracing that conflict. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's the whole thing, isn't it? It's an art form, not a science. <laughs> yeah. It's there, <laughs> and I guess that's why it's so bloody difficult to get it right. Well, it's why it's difficult to do yourself. I find a lot of the time. I mean, you can you can do stuff, but it's it's it helps having somebody objective. It helps having somebody say, "Tell me the story," and this is and this is how I interpret it, and I'm going to interpret it back to you, and then you look at it yourself and you go. Oh wow! Yeah, you spot on. That's totally it. You know, and it's and it's important to have somebody. Um, I've gone through it many, many times before, and I've run brand workshops and all those sorts of things. But it's important to actually cut through the what is the the business owner's values kind of thing, and then the business's values. And you know what? I'm a CEO, and I don't like the color pink, so we're not going to have a pink logo. But with all due respect, sir. <laughs> Your audience really, really, really wants a pink logo. So, so is that is that a is that a dig at our purple? No. Is, is it, have you got a subconscious no. thing that's just triggered that? No. And that, I mean, that, was, that was the best thing about going through this process with the purple. Like we, you know, we all looked at it. We didn't expect it. Like we didn't see it coming. And then all of a sudden, like you know, what? I, I'm thinking I really like the purple. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. And then now all of a sudden, yeah, absolutely, we all really love the purple. No, oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, then tell me. Let's um, where, where do you start? I mean, even if you you're not a small business, you're an established business. That when you 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 go in there and realize we've never even thought about this, we have not 
even taken any time to consider the touch points. Um, where, where do we begin? Like who do you actually go to to start fleshing this out? What are the actual businesses you do? Well, num- Got, you know, number, one, see. Yeah, number one thing is do you actually have a brand problem? And that's the thing. Like I mean, is it, are, you, yeah. are you just bored of your business? Are you bored of your <laughs> brand or do you, do you actually have a problem? So that's to be, to be absolutely honest, particularly if you're an SME. You may not actually have a brand issue. You may actually, there just may be one of your touch points that's not resonating. So brand is about everything. You know, it's about all of your touch points together. So if you have a sales problem, you've got to identify why you actually want to look at your brand. If your sales aren't resonating, is that an actual sales problem? And is it more of a, you know, something that we can target there versus is your brand not resonate with your with your audience? So the first thing is... Can, can I ask, sorry, jump, sorry, Dan, I just want to jump in on that because I think it's a really, really good piece of advice. So for instance, with a sales problem, what you might actually find is the part of the sales problem is not the design. It might be understanding your core audience, which is part of a brand process, which is this is our ideal client. This is why they're an ideal client. I understand their problem better. Is that is that what you're talking about? Is it when you don't have the resources to go and pay tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of <laughs> the journey in which we're on but you know if you're not there at the start which is hey a touch point I can get is who is my actual audience to start with because that is brand 101. Exactly yeah and, and that's the thing. Okay. It, it actually first thing is really get to know what what the challenge is. Like if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about a rebrand we need to know why. Yeah. We need to know why you would go to the, you know, go to a rebrand. We need to know exactly what is the challenge that's causing you to think I need a rebrand, and is it actually about your brand? <laughs> Which makes, yeah. you know, totally. Let's look, sure. Before we go to jump the brand, let's actually make sure this because because there's so many touch points involved in in, in the business. Yeah. It's 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 worth looking at each one of those because it could just be a touch point may need to be refreshed rather than actually just just go through the brand process. Yeah. Sure. That's so that's probably that's probably the first one. Um, the next part is then if, if going into a rebrand process, definitely get somebody involved. And even if that is just a friend or something along those lines, or even if it is just your business partner and you want to start internally, or if you don't have business partners and it's, and it's just yourself, reaching out to somebody that can actually kind of help you with that objectivity. So that's why we do definitely recommend you get, you get somebody involved in the process from a branding perspective. But objectivity yeah. is actually really, really important. You have to start with knowing yourself, knowing your audience, knowing where you're going, you know, what the what your bigger picture plans are, um, and then understanding all of those aspects of your business as far as what are the things that make up your business as far as audiences, you know, things like that. So you, your brand is like a combination of lots of different ingredients. So it's, it's where you're going, what your values are, what your personality is, and things like that. The more of this stuff that you can kind of bring together and know about yourself, uh, yeah. the better off you will be in, in as far as starting the process. And even if that's just to help inform the next step, which is I need to get somebody to start designing or creating some touch points for me, uh, it'll actually help in that process. Now, a branding sort of going to a branding professional, for example, they will help through that whole process. They will help basically extract all the information and turn that into a, effectively what is, you know, a brand strategy or a brand plan, effectively, then the creation of the touch points moving forward. 
I really, I think that's really great advice, and I think particularly if you head down the branding um, agency or someone to assist you with it, uh, maybe. I'd like to touch on this because I think there's a lot of people and a lot of um, graphic designers that have confused what brand and graphic design mm. is. And mm. I just, you know, particularly with a lot of you out there, you'd be thinking we need to do a new brand refresh and you go and speak to your graphic designer and go, oh, yeah, we do a branding package for however much money. But that's not brand. That's a that's a collateral refresh. Yeah. When we're talking about brand, this is delving into the essence of who you are. Yeah. And it's a, it's it's not a pictures and color discussion. Right. It's an essence that leads to that. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's about where the business is actually going. So for example, straight away, I want to refresh my brand. Fantastic. In three years' time, if you're going to be opening up an office in Japan, and that's the plan, then you're going to have to take that into consideration when you're actually going through the design, <laughs> right? Yes. So, <laughs> so let's talk about you know where what's the yeah. what's that roadmap where where are we actually yeah. going what's the footprint going to be then there's the values part that we talked about as an owner operator so how do we articulate what those values are and what we stand for you know there's the personality side of things are we modern you know what does modern mean are we classic you know those sorts of things whatever whatever the personalities are um, audiences you know who do we need to target. So what are our what are our core audiences? And there should only be a few, a handful. But who are they? Where are they? What do they look like? What do they you know? How do they consume your product or service? Those sorts of things. So that's, yeah, that's if you if you sell to everyone, you're in trouble. Exactly right. Yeah. Who's my audience? Everyone. Yeah. That means no one. <laughs> unless, unless that's Jeff Bezos listening in, we're going to give <laughs> a couple of or you know. But apart from that. That's not true. I'll give you a call back. Sorry, mate. I'm, I'm <laughs> but even he wouldn't be silly enough to say he'd sell to everyone. Exactly other. right. <laughs> so all sorry. All, okay, all of these things are different. These are these are the core parts of what you would typically talk about yep. your brand strategy. And once you've articulated those, it gives you then a it gives you a positioning effectively, which you can then build on. It gives you something that you that is ownable um, that you yep. can then build on. Uh, and from a design perspective. So the design is literally just the, the, the creation component to taking that, that positioning and making it real. So that's where your logos and your websites and your business cards and all that kind of stuff come, sure. come into play. You may not need all those things. But just, you know, a lot of people, have, you know, business cards aren't, you know, day-to-day. Yeah. Website's probably a lot more important at the moment, for example. Absolutely. So that's, so that's kind of the next next part. So in the very least... Talk about entry level, you know, options. In the very least, having somebody that, even if it's somebody that you've chosen, you've got a designer that you want to work with. They helped with your last one. They can do a brand refresh for you. At least make sure that you go through that process with them. In, in you know, whether it's you talk about where you're going and you talk about your audiences and you talk about your personality. At least go through that as a, and so you've got all the ingredients before you actually put you know pen to paper and start creating. That's yeah, really good advice. Well, Damien, to to finish up, um, I want to I want to finish with this question: What do you love most about a good brand? What is it that you love? Because you you love this. I mean, you do. I, just, I really, it's just, I really it's sickening. I like it. and this, and this, <laughs> the good thing of what I love about this process is that it's actually it is actually yeah. the core of every business out there. Whether you've done the process or not, you've actually already got it. It's there. You just haven't. You kind of haven't uncovered it. 
yet or you haven't been able to sort of articulate it. So that's the cool thing is that it's actually there. The thing that I love about it is kind of what we talked about before, where you can get these really amazing kind of conflicts in a brand where you can do this and this, you know, whereas a lot of people think, oh, you have to, you have to just, just do that thing. It's not true. You can actually now more than ever, you know, people are, are really up for, you know, young, disruptive, you know, businesses that are just doing really, really cool yep. stuff, you know, but they've positioned themselves so well in a clear space in their market, you know, by actually understanding that market, understanding that clear space and saying, we need to be right there. And then the creation, the brand creation, it literally hones everything down to just absolutely target that one part of this clear space. That's really, really cool. And you can, and that's actually, it's actually not that hard to do. It just takes, you know, some objective thinking and, 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 and some, and some planning to be able to do it. So that's what I love. I love brands that are, you know, have a great tone of voice, you know, really good copy. They really understand their audience and they resonate. Last time you you opened up something that was delivered to your house, and as soon as you opened up, you got there was there was either a bit of copy or something in there that made you laugh out loud. That's it. That's how you know a brand is now again. Damien, thank you very much for your time and um, sharing your experience with this. I don't think there's anyone better we could have chatted to. Um, Very exciting topic. It's something I particularly enjoyed going through over the last few months, and you know, it's a. It's a journey of decades, which I'm looking forward to. But again, thank you for your time um, and sharing with us. And we'll um, we'll do some more stuff around this because it's such an important topic, and now more than ever is going to be something that um, holds a hell of a lot of value for a lot of companies. But thanks, Damien. Thanks for your time. No worries at all. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, everyone. We'll do it again soon. See you, mate. Yes. Yeah.